the squadron. They called him Bullets, but we call him Greg Kelly. Greg Kelly is on the air on the Red Apple Podcast Network. Hey, if that Aaron Rodgers guy comes to New York, I'm actually told by the legendary football player, former New York Jet, uh, Mark Gastineau, that it would be a good thing. So uh, Mark Gastineau is my uh, go-to guy for all things football. Uh, so if he likes it, I like it. Apparently, we're going to know very, very soon. Uh, that's that's nice. Have you noticed, um, oh, bye, have you seen all that woke crap coming out of uh, SVB? The bank, uh, all the silly nonsense they've been wasting their time on. Same goes for Signature Bank, you know, making videos. It reminds me, you know, I know a lot of those nurses and medical workers were working real hard during COVID, uh, except when they were gaffing off and putting on elaborate TikTok videos uh, using the hospital as a backdrop. Remember all that stuff? Yeah, I think they needed to focus a little bit more on uh, the money, right? The money. That would be a better, I mean, they're all doing it. All of them have, and we don't have the bandwidth as human beings. There's only so much we can do. We can raise a family. We can provide for that family. We can work. We might have a little bit of time for recreation, uh, uh, maybe church, maybe temple. Uh, you know, uh, sp- uh, you know, some people can take their vacations really, really seriously. But if you throw in a couple of things, irresistible television that people are watching all the time, cell phones that people are looking at, all the time, uh, diversity, equity, and inclusion training that's being shoved down our throats. Um, in addition to all of the normal things that we have to do, you know, taking care of business, something's going to slip. Something's going to fall behind. And what's falling behind here, I notice uh, <laughs> people are watching as much television as ever. People are on their phones as much as ever. You know what's starting to slip? The work, the stuff that you can actually cover up. You know what I mean? Everybody knows how to put on a good act at work. Everyone knows how to get by at work, but not really work, right? So, uh, I don't mean to – I'm not, maybe I'm saying too much, but uh, you know what I mean. And I want to play something for you. You'll hear some of the biggest corporations in America, um, let's see, United Airlines, uh, Hershey's Candy, right? Now, the first thing we're going to play are – both internal uh, videos for training and also public service announcements and and, and commercials where they promoted their uh, woke diversity nonsense. And then we play a headline straight out of the news of some catastrophic screw up that company was involved in. And when you start, when the, when the screw-ups start piling up, you get the sense, like, wait a second, we really don't have time uh, to wear rainbow flags and jump up and down and talk about uh, diversity, equity, and inclusion and how we're such a horrible white supremacist country, right? I think it comes through very, very powerfully. All right, the first thing, you're going to see a bunch. I'll jump in when I have to, but I think the first one is United Airlines. You'll hear the woke stuff first. And then their trouble after that. All right. Cut 24. Remember, this is United Airlines. The, this is official stuff from United Airlines. The airplane company, right? The airliner. Cut 24. United is really excited to be celebrating Pride Month and we'll be marching parades all over the world. 
the last few years of the pandemic has been hard. And to be able to come out here in the sun and the warmth and to walk next to each other and hand in hand and to celebrate. Let's be loud. Let's be proud. Big news this Monday night, a newly revealed incident over the skies of Hawaii. A United Airlines flight in December from Maui to San Francisco plunged more than 1,000 feet shortly after takeoff and came within seconds of crashing into the Pacific Ocean. I want to understand white rage, and I'm white. The military. And I want to understand it. Tonight, breaking news as we come on the air in the West. President Biden speaking late today on the devastating American losses in Afghanistan. Tonight, now at least 13 U.S. service members killed. Those 13 service members killed, at least 18 wounded in a suicide bomb attack at the airport in Kabul. The deadliest day for the U.S. military in Afghanistan in more than a decade. I want to address the topic of racism, inequality, and injustice. Apple computer. And to recognize the pain being felt throughout our nation, especially in our black and brown communities after the senseless killing of George Floyd. Apple announced it found serious vulnerabilities that could let a malicious hacker take control of your iPhone, iPad, or Mac. Isn't that wild, right? You see how all the... These companies still have real-world responsibilities. Somehow we've lulled ourselves into the sense that, I don't know, everything's going to be okay no matter what. No, we don't have the attention span. We don't have the capacity to do all this other stuff. In addition to all the stuff that we're doing at home, I mentioned the videos, the TV shows, right, the, the Facebooking, all that stuff. You know, we spend trillions of hours doing things that only a few short years ago uh, we didn't do. <laughs> You know, what What did we do? Maybe we got better at work. Look at somebody on the Long Island Railroad. Uh, first of all, they're all on their phone. Everybody, every single person's on their phone. And that's fine. I'm on my phone too. But let's go back to like 1980. Uh, what were they doing? They were in newspapers. But there was only so much of the newspaper you could read. Maybe the morning edition. Maybe the evening edition. Sooner or later, you put the newspaper down. Uh... Maybe you have a book. Could you imagine people walking around with television sets? Just imagine walking around with not only a television set, but a television set with 30 trillion billion channels. That's like the iPhone. Uh, and I see it all the time. People are watching this show, that show. They're watching White Lotus. They're uh, Better Call Maury or Better Call. Who's that guy? Better Call Sal. Sal. All these, uh, all these things. And the, uh, let's see, I got another one all set up here. Uh, Cut 25. I'm not sure which the first company is, but uh, cut 25. My name is Faye Johnstone. I'm the executive director of Wisdom to Action. We can create a world where everyone is able to live in public space as their honest and authentic selves. See the woman changing how Hershey we bar. see the future at Hershey's Canada. Hershey, one of the world's largest chocolate makers, is warning of a shortage of Kit Kats, Reese's Peanut Butter Cups, and other sweets this Halloween as it struggles to ramp up supply. One of the primary reasons that Starbucks has succeeded throughout all these years is the diversity of people who work for the company. Diversity, from a simple point, is about we are. Recall to tell you about here. Check your fridge. You may have a Starbucks drink that is part of a nationwide recall. More than 25,000 cases of Starbucks Frappuccino vanilla drinks are being recalled because of the possibility there may be glass inside. I think what really sets us apart when we think about diversity, equity, and inclusion at SVB 
is our culture and our united desire to lead with empathy. Thank you very much, Scott. Hi, everybody. I'm Kelly Evans, and we're following breaking news at this hour. Regulators have just shut down Silicon Valley Bank, or SVB. It's the largest U.S. bank failure since the 2008 financial crisis. See? You see? I know. I see these commentators all over the place. They're making fun of people like me who are saying that this could not have, this has nothing to do with, uh, ho, 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 we're so... Uh, we're so primitive. We are so retro. We just don't get it. Uh, we're dumb. Uh, it doesn't work that way. That's not the way the world works. Yeah, no, actually it is. Actually it is. Uh, I remember very vividly in the Marine Corps, you know, we managed it. It was kept at a minimum, but there was still ancillary crap that we had to deal with. The United Federal Campaign, you had to get everybody to sign up for that. You had to get ready for the general's big visit next week. You had to get ready for uh, this, uh, the commanding general's inspection. You had to get ready for this, that, the other thing. There was always you had to send some lieutenant to some conference somewhere. It quite frankly was a bit of a burden, but it was manageable. It was manageable. Now they have made the military embrace all this DEI stuff. First, it must be diverse. It must be equitable, and it must be inclusive. What the hell are you talking about? And they have this fake language that they use. You've heard it before, you know, safe spaces and uh, not feeling triggered or being triggered. Uh, who knows? All that crap that people are making money on. And now we've saddled our military with it. They've got to go through it. And guess what? It's making us less prepared. Absolutely. When you got to do all that stuff, you can't focus on Accurate placement of the bomb. You can't focus on aiming at the enemy. You don't think China has to deal with any of this nonsense, right? Is their military going through DEI woke training? Is China, the country, beating themselves up about their history, about uh, all the horrible things they've done? And they've done a lot of bad things, but they don't beat themselves up over it every single day like we do. If I hear about, I'm sorry, slavery, it's... One more time, I understand. It happened a long freaking time ago. Now, Gavin Newsom in his lust for power, and so much of this comes, you know, from whom? There, and I hate to say it because it'll sound like I'm, it's pejorative, but it comes from rich, powerful white people. Rich, powerful white people. Not people of color. Uh, not the LGBTQ IA plus, although there are some LGBTQ IA plus rich white people. Yes, but these rich white people I'm talking about, they are amoral. They just want the power. They want the status. They want the money and they'll jump through any freaking hoop they have to, to keep that stuff. And they'll write checks for $74 million like Silicon Valley bank did. To Black Lives Matter to keep the status, to keep the fun for themselves. Meanwhile, who has to actually go to these stupid seminars? We do. <laughs> who has to go to the, the special computer and complete those self-training modules? We do. Let's see. <laughs> um, hey, you know what's really the worst as far as woke? Uh, American Express. American Express, the credit card company or uh, charge card company, 
Don't leave home without it. Remember Carl Malden and the and the raincoat walking all over the world? Getting tourists out of bad jams? Well, uh, it ain't it ain't that anymore. Ladies and gentlemen, I give to you today's American Express, cut twenty six. Diversity means to me acceptance, just being accepted into the crowd, into the conversations, into life itself. Understanding that every individual is unique, the languages that they speak, the costumes they wear, the culture that they follow. Diversity isn't just about including a couple of black and Asian faces, but it's about the diversity of human experiences. Inclusion for me is when you make people feel part of it. A group in the work, in the family, with friends. American Express is different. You're evaluated based on what you can contribute and not what you look like or what your gender is or how old you are. As a culture and as a community, I would say that Amex is a safe one and one that's evolving to accurately reflect the world around us. So, uh... Everybody in the video happens to be a person of color, happens to be this gender, that gender, misgender. That one person in the middle said, you know, this is a place where you can contribute and it doesn't matter what your gender is, what your orientation. I don't know about that, actually. Seems to me that if uh, you happen to be straight, white, and a man, uh, I don't know if I'd feel like there's a place for me in that environment. And maybe... American Express no longer has a a place in my wallet, huh? Maybe I should cut that card up. And maybe I will. You know, uh, they're all hypocrites, by the way. All these companies. All these companies. They are a thousand percent hypocritical. They don't back it up. So, did a little research yesterday. Just had a hunch, you know? A hunch. You know, there's about... Uh, 80 or so countries in the world where it is illegal to be gay. It's illegal to be gay. You just heard that, uh, that LGBTQ parade there at American Express, right? Uh, well, guess where American Express does a hell of a lot of business in countries where it is illegal to be gay. I picked one at random, all right? Because I was Kishka, and I knew actually it wasn't so much at random because I know that the rich and the powerful love this place, Morocco. I've actually been twice, beautiful place. Although once I was mugged, um, I turned me off to the country, <laughs> but I went back and had a good time. Um, Morocco. And guess what Morocco has? Well, laws against being gay. You can, they can throw you in jail, I think, for five years. Imagine that, huh? You can't love who you love in Morocco. But if you go to the American Express website, they'll recommend this hotel in Marrakesh. They've got this hotel in Casablanca. They've got this resort they love to do business with in uh, in Tangier, right? It's all there. It's fascinating. You know, Facebook, the – does anybody use Facebook anymore? I just uh, – Facebook, which they're, you know, they're always all, – they're on the cutting edge of anything, anything liberal and woke. But Mark Zuckerberg hangs out in – in Morocco, where it's illegal to be gay. Here he is, actually, just talking about his great trip to Morocco. I wonder, for a, a global citizen, I don't know if this man has a mu- enough awareness. Cut 27. A little bit to, to get you guys in this a bit more. Yassine, say hi to the Moroccan people. What's up, Morocco? We went to Morocco. Do you remember? Mm-hmm. On, on one of our first international trips that we took together for fun we went to, to morocco it was, it was an awesome it was an awesome time 
That's uh, Mark Zuckerberg talking to his wife about the great time they had in Morocco, where it is illegal to be gay. Yet, Governor DeSantis says it's inappropriate for children to be talking about sexuality with strangers at school. And he's the bigot? Are you crazy? I'll be right back. Greg Kelly Kelly. on the Red Apple Podcast Network. Hey, hey, hey. Uh, I don't know if you watch my Newsmax show. And I don't know if you bought my book yet. It's doing very well. Still available wherever books are sold. If we're going to someday take uh, the throne from Bill O'Reilly, when he's good and ready to give it up, we're going to have to sell some books here, okay? Justice for all, how the left is wrong about law enforcement. A lot of the things that are being uh, that are emerging in the news uh, right now are in my book. I knew it would happen, especially this whole thing about not having enough capacity to do other things like the basics, like take care of your life, like take care of your business. If we take on too many, too much of this DEI stuff, too much of the lies and dishonesty about law enforcement, uh, quite frankly, uh, forgive me here, uh, but too much overreacting to the death of George Floyd. All right. The country overreacted. The man uh, had big problems. All right. Obviously. And everybody looks over the fact that the cops initially were trying to help the guy. Yes, they were. He was having a panic attack in the back of a police car, and he begged to be put on the ground. They put him on the ground. Now, I don't like that knee on the neck. I also don't like the knee on the neck that was authorized in the Minneapolis patrol book. Do you know that? I also don't like that he had enough fentanyl in him to kill him three times over. I'm also curious about the fact that the coroner said that he did not die of asphyxiation. Anyway, the country totally overreacted. We are wasting time, people. What does the left like to say? An existential threat? It's staring us in the face, and we're still screwing around. Greg Kelly, entertaining and informative on the Red Apple Podcast Network. All right, just had to put a little Twitter out. Let's see here. Yep, it fits. Okay. You know those stupid Sunday shows that the Swamp loves so much? Well, I just had my staff watch them because I'm too busy. Check it out. They are obsessed with Trump. Looks like President Trump is more relevant than Joe Biden. Could that be? Well, look at these numbers. You know those silly Sunday shows? Uh, They used to be okay. Remember when Sam Donaldson and who was that guy? Uh, David Brinkley. Uh, those types, and now they have well, a bunch of no-names. I don't know who they are. Well, I know Chuck Todd, I guess. And uh, anyway, on this week, ABC News, uh, Trump was mentioned in a one-hour program 23 times. Biden was mentioned nine times. On Face the Nation, also known as Deface the Nation, Trump was mentioned five times. Biden was mentioned three times. On State of the Union, Trump was mentioned 17 times, Joe Biden 12 times. And on Meet the Press, Trump was mentioned 28 times, Joe Biden 7 times. I mean, who's more relevant here, huh? Isn't that kind of amazing? You think they're not afraid of Trump? They're trying to hurt him? They're trying to take him down? Uh, It's not going to work, but that's what they're trying to do big time. It's obvious. It's right there. Hey, um. By the way, it's much easier, and actually, I think we have a duty to take down Joe Biden because, quite frankly, it looks to me like he's totally and completely compromised. Uh, this should be the biggest story in the world, right up there with 
Silicon Valley Bank. Uh, it's even bigger in a way because James Comer, you know this guy? He's the head of the uh, oversight committee, and he's very good. Well, he has evidence that $3 million came from a very important Chinese company, and it went to the Biden family. It went to the Biden family. Uh, yes, it went to the Biden family. $3 million wired to a guy named Walker, friends with the Biden family, and then they trace that money going to um, the brothers and maybe even one of the brothers' wives, Sarah. I think she's married to Jim Biden. All right, listen to this, please. Cut seven. Well, we have bank records. We have bank records from one of the 13 banks in hand that uh, were used by the Biden family members in these uh, business schemes. So these bank records prove that the Bidens did receive money uh, through a shell company from uh, the Chinese Communist Party. So uh, this is the first link. Uh, hopefully within the next 48 hours, we'll have more bank records from another bank. And we're just going to keep following the money. We, we know from our sources that have come in the whistleblowers where the money trails are. And, of course, the Democrats have denied it. The White House has denied it. There's no denying it now with the bank records. So $3 million, they have records. This is not some guy on Twitter. This is, this is Congressman Comer. He is the chair of the House Oversight Committee. Now, you could say, and this is what the fake news does, oh, he's, uh, he's just a hick. I, I, we, you know, he, we don't like him. Uh, no, he's not important. No, 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 no. Yes, he is important, and he's a man of integrity, and he's been working on this, and he has evidence that $3 million at least went from China, CEFC, the energy company, Communist Party affiliated to the Bidens. Now, the other question is, what the hell did the Bidens do for this money? Now, there's no real answer for that other than, well, because <laughs> the Bidens have no skill. They're not good at anything. Well, what does Hunter Biden offer? You know, is he an accountant? No. Is he a lawyer? Uh, well, technically, he graduated from law school, but he's not a he's not an attorney. You don't hire Hunter Biden because you're. You don't pay him by the hour. He's negotiating these exorbitant fees, not for legal work. Uh, this is one of the things we got to get to the bottom of, but I think we kind of know it. Uh, it's influence peddling and or they made a they made a calculation that Joe Biden would be president someday. And boy, oh, boy, wouldn't it be great to have this hanging over his head? Cut eight. There are more family members involved in this than just the president's son. And what they've said in the media, oh, this was for for business. We can't identify any business. It, it appears it went into their personal accounts. So if China's investing with the Bidens in a business, we can't find any business. They don't manufacture anything. They don't sell anything. They don't own any real estate. We don't know what the business is. You know, my theory is it's influence peddling. And if so, then that, that's wrong. That's what we call a foreign agent. Uh, there are rules with who could be foreign agents and you have to be registered to be foreign agent. So, you know, the question is, what were the Bidens doing to receive the, these massive amounts of money from China? And it's amazing how um, everybody is still protecting Joe Biden. Why is that? What is going on? It's kind of fun, to be honest, to watch and to not be subjected to those pressures. I don't know why I'm looking at uh, NBC right now and I don't see a word about this. It's the same on why not? This is a big, hot story. And they're pretending it's not there. Um, it's not going away. We're not going to let it go away. This is the biggest thing in the world right now, actually. It shows that potentially, hey, if this were the, um, remember during Russia collusion, the hoax there, right? 
any little leak that came out from some unidentified dude who said they worked in the intelligence community. Dun, 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 breaking news. Uh, <laughs> breaking news. Uh, somebody said that Donald Trump may have seen, like, right? Remember that nonsense? Now, this is real news. And you know, it's interesting. Even the conservative media, um, because the people who run the world, I mean, they're not really very political. They just like power. Um, even they want to hurt Trump. Everybody knows that the Murdochs seem to be on the side of Ron DeSantis. They definitely are against Trump. That's clear. So, um, and this would obviously, and this hurts the incumbent president, right? Right. Anyway, James Comer lays all this out on Newsmax and also on Fox News. And Newsmax, he got a very respectful and uh, tell us more. This is interesting. All right. Listen to what <laughs> this is supposed to be one of the straight news guys. Nice guy. But uh, is he following orders here when James Comer lays all this stuff out? It's incredible. Um, you know, hot, straight from the chair's mouth information. And what does Bill Hemmer do with it? Ready for this? Cut 31. Um. It's rather incendiary, and we'll see whether or not you're onto something. Again, five years investigating. Nothing just yet. James Comer, thank you for your time today. Five years investigating. Nothing just yet. Nothing just yet. Oh, yeah. Uh, gosh, you see what they tell themselves? You don't have anything just yet. First of all, he just gave you a total bombshell. Secondly, they haven't actually been able to investigate for the past five years. They've only been in charge basically for for two months. All right. But going back years, let's go back years. The Hunter Biden laptop. Did uh, did the Fox News people ever get around to looking at that? Have they ever taken a look at Joe Biden's life? Have they taken a look at Joe Biden's tax returns in 2017? Eleven million dollars. What are you talking about? There's nothing there. All right. You know, I guess we just have to uh, go to Fox News. Right. It's got to be in a nice little bow and it's got to be a little starter kit. A, B, C, D, E. You know why? They downplay it. You know why they dismiss it? You know why they're not impressed? Because the New York Times did not say that this is news. They still wait for the New York Times to tell them it's news. And the New York Times ain't going to tell them it's news. I haven't seen the New York Times yet. I used to, it's kind of almost unthinkable. I remember hearing a couple of years ago, somebody saying, I think it might have been my wife. I don't, I don't have a subscription to the New York Times. I'm like, you what? (laughs) This is before we got back. How could you not look at the New York Times every day? I go to the New York Times right now. Ah, here we go. You know what's the number one story right now at the New York Times? I just opened it up. This is why I don't open it up. I open it up for amusement purposes. What we know about the potential indictment of Donald Trump. All right, that's staring me in the face right there. Let's go. Wait, refresh here. What's hot right now? Come on. Come on. Ay, 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 ay. Uh, hmm. Phone's not. Oh, well. It's some fake news story, I'm sure, right? Um, Give me one second here. Uh, all right. I'll get back to you about that fake news. My phone is loading. My phone is loading. This is an iPhone 14. What the hell is so slow? And I got, uh, Wi-Fi. I finally figured out the password and it's in there. The IT guy had to help me, but it's in there. And I would like to see what the, all right, let me go to my iPad. Okay. Here we go. Markets tumble. That's news. Not going to deny that. Uh, shares and credit suites tumble. That's a big problem. U.S. says it won't stop drone flights. I live in hell. Story about a Ukraine soldier. George W. Bush owes me a beer at least. Whatever the hell that's about. Uh, a last donkey. Wait. 
at long last, a donkey family tree. In the new study, genetics and archaeology combined to reveal the ancient origins of a key character in human history. The donkey. All right, knock yourselves out with that one. The new frontier in farming, the ocean. Seaweed is being reimagined as a plastic substitute, even as cattle feed. But can it thrive in a warming world? The brilliant inventor who made two of history's biggest mistakes. Hmm, that actually sounds interesting. But it has nothing to do with Hunter Biden, does it? Or James Biden, we just found $3 million going to the Chinese. Is this the reason why he's so nice to China all the time? He won't confront China? Is this, is it? I think it is. I think it is. I think they got the goods on him. It's obvious. You can connect the dots for yourself, right? Hey, um, and speaking of, uh, well, the indictment thing, guess what? Tish James, our pathetic state attorney general, will be making an announcement shortly. Again, this harassment of Donald Trump, the harassment, the continued prosecutorial harassment. You know, do you remember in the debate in 2020, it was, oh, what happened? A Donald Trump. Hillary Clinton said, well, all I can say is it's just a good thing that Donald Trump is not in charge of uh, law and justice in America. Because you'd be in jail. <laughs> Remember that? That was a great line. It was a line, though. It was just a line in a debate. And it was effective. And then right after the debate, he said, uh, actually, after he won, he said, Do you, are you going to prosecute Hillary Clinton? Because the whole world freaked out. Oh, my God, this is right out of the third world. How could he say such a thing? The idea that a politician would unleash the Justice Department against a political opponent. This is so horrible. Well, what actually happened was um, he said, they're good people. I don't want to hurt them. They're good people. I don't want to hurt them. He said that on 60 Minutes right after he won the election. And I kind of respect that. He didn't want You know, the election's over. All right. Poor Donald Trump. You know, he thought he thought he was going to get a fair shake from the swamp. And maybe they were still opposed to him, but they wouldn't be out to sabotage him. The media, too. The media, the swamp. You know, you look. You look at the reaction to that election in 2016. The crying, the hysteria. We're going to impeach him. There was some idiot talking about impeachment, a big-time idiot in Washington, D.C. We're going to impeach him before even <laughs> before he even took office. You think that they were just going to sit around and wait to see who voted for who in 2020? They were just going to sit back and watch? I mean, I'm not talking about going out and campaign. Of course, you go out and campaign. But do you think they were ever going to trust us again, the people? No. No, 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 no. They started making arrangements big time. That election was never in doubt. It was never in doubt. We never had a chance. That's how they're, they're smart. They're powerful. They have um, they have tentacles into everything, in, in, including uh, conservative media, Fox News. It's amazing. We never had a chance. But now we know what we're up against, everything. And uh, not taking it for granted. I thought that it was great that Donald Trump talked about, um, you know, hey, we got we to gotta harvest ballots where it's legal. We got to do that. We got to play the way they play. Still worried about it, to be honest. I don't know if we can get good at that the way they are. And I know they cut corners. <laughs> that's, a, that's a polite way of saying they break the law all the time. But when they break the law, it's okay, right? Right? 
So what's Tish James going to do? I don't know. Oh, and there's something else. Speaking of breaking the law, uh, Joe Biden yesterday just talked about uh, taking away our guns. All right. Taking away our guns. But he is double talk. Right. Cut one, please. Cut one. Joe Biden in California, perhaps the most violent state in America when it comes to gun violence. Cut one. Today, I'm announcing another executive order. that will accelerate and intensify this work to save more lives more quickly. First, this executive order helps keep firearms out of dangerous hands. As I continue to call on Congress to require background checks for all firearm sales. And in the meantime, in the meantime, my executive order directs my attorney general to take every lawful action possible, possible to move us as close as we can to universal background checks without new legislation. Universal background just, it's checks. Just common sense. Yeah, right. It's, it's against the law. He just kind of basically said within the law. No, no, no. We need legislation to do that. You need legislation. See how he tries to go around the people. The people, our legislators, the people, our, the legislators represent us. It still works that way. I know we're frustrated with Congress a lot, but they are still our representatives, a representative democracy. Cut 19, please. So let's finish the job. Ban assault weapons. Ban them again. Do it now. Enough. Do something. Do something big. Like any politician, just do something. Do so you can say you did something. Hey, inspired by Barbara, our philosopher listener on Long Island, um, I looked up some things that the Founding Fathers said about the Second Amendment, and it's pretty amazing stuff. You ready for this one? A free people ought not only to be armed, but disciplined. George Washington said that in the first annual address to both houses of Congress. Um. No free man shall ever be debarred the use of arms. Thomas Jefferson, 1776. Ooh, I prefer dangerous freedom over peaceful slavery. Again, Thomas Jefferson. How about this? What country can preserve its liberties if their rulers are not warned from time to time that their people preserve the spirit of resistance? Let them take arms. Absolutely. That's what they were thinking. They don't. It's to keep them in check. It is. You know, Joe Biden talks about taking F-15s and unleashing them on American citizens. He's done that. He's done that. I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about what our founding fathers said about the Second Amendment. And you may want to give Global Security Group a call. I'll be right back. Greg Kelly Kelly. on the Red Apple Podcast Network. Uh, hey, um, this is something I saw in the New York Times of interest. I guess it's everywhere, though. Guess what they have? New spacesuits for the moon. You know, pardon me, hopefully we're going back to the moon soon. Uh, I think it's going to be 2025 at the earliest. There's always some delay, one or the other. But um, hopefully we get back there soon. Uh, Donald Trump revitalized the uh, NASA program, NASA agency. And these uh, moon suits actually look pretty cool. They're they're not white. They don't look like brand. They're 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 big and bulky, like the old ones that we used the first time we went to the moon. But they're not um, white. They're kind of a dark blue, and they look. Uh, they still got a big pack on the back. They look a little bit more 
I don't know if comfortable is the word. It's a little less bulky, just a little less bulky. They're still, you know, you still, you're still like the Michelin man in there. You're still, uh, you still, um, you know, feel a little bit chunky. Probably you look chunky, even though anyway, it's a good sign that we're going back to the moon. I love it. I really want to go back there. Oh, and I saw in the news, uh, there's a, there's an astronaut who has a damn good chance of going to the moon from Long Island, Baldwin, Long Island. Her name, Jasmine Mogbelli. And she went to Baldwin High School, and she went to Massachusetts Institute of Technology, and then she became a Marine Corps helicopter pilot. And now I think she's still in the Marines, lieutenant colonel, but she's been at the, the, the space program for a number of years. And uh, wouldn't that be great if she gets to go to the moon? Uh, we'll see what happens. All right. Oh, Sandra in New Jersey, the great Sandra. Hello. Welcome back. Oh, welcome back, Greg. Welcome back. Um, you know, yesterday I said something about Donald Trump and the name calling, and I thought it was childish. But then I did some research, and I found that name calling actually is a very effective tool. And someone in particular who used it was uh, Muhammad Ali. He um, he basically would uh, name call his opponent, tell them how he was going to knock them right out. And, you know, right from the beginning. And they were so petrified even before they began to fight with him. <laughs> so then I looked. Yeah. And then I looked at all these beautiful quotes that he wrote. And I had one for Donald Trump and two for you. Can I share them? Okay. Okay. So the one for Donald Trump that I like, there are 50, but um, only a man who knows what it's like to be defeated can reach down to the bottom of his soul and come up with the extra ounce of power it takes to win when the match is even. Mm. And that goes back to the election. And then for you, I always envision you being a mayor. I really do. And I hope that happens. So I like this. It's the repetition of affirmations that leads to belief. And once that belief becomes a deep conviction, Things begin to happen. Uh, these are cute, then, but you know what? Uh, you know, I'm, uh, no, I appreciate it, Barbara. Uh, you know, we go to the Bible. We go to the Bible for these uh, quotes. I don't know, Muhammad Ali. Is there one more? I do. I have one. You know, you Bible. come a long way. You, you, yesterday, you were like uh, scolding everybody for now for using, you know, name calling, and now you love it, right? No, no, I'm allowed to change my mind. All right, well, you did in a big way. All right, hold on, thought. I'll be back. In the squadron, they called him Bullets, but we call him Greg Kelly. Greg Kelly is on the air on the Red Apple Podcast Network. January 6th, I think it's probably second only to the 2020 election, is the biggest scam in my lifetime. And you know it is because they become completely hysterical when confronted with any facts that deviate from their lies. Yeah, good for Tucker Carlson. You know, it's a week ago. Uh, he was coming out with that new video of the security camera footage that was given to him by Speaker McCarthy. Um, you know, at first I was a little bit frustrated that uh, Speaker McCarthy didn't give it to everybody because it's our property. We own it. And they've been lying about why they're not giving it to us. Oh, by the way, oh, uh, security will be compromised. Shut the hell up. All right. Well, the uh, future uh, rioters will understand and know where the cameras are. Then we already know where they are. All right. In the ceiling. <laughs> Everybody knows that. All right. <laughs> Look up. You're on TV. Everybody's on TV all the time. All right. There are millions of cameras all over the place. We need to see that footage. All of us. And Tucker had some amazing clips 
and did a very good job with it. Uh, I think the most compelling, too, actually, uh, the Horns guy being led around by the Capitol Hill police, almost like they were helping him into the Senate chamber. Why would they do that? Why would they take the most uh, conspicuous, um, eccentric, uh, vocal, uh, weird guy they could find and make sure that he was in the right place at the right time to become the face of the so-called insurrection. Why would the police be assisting with that? Hmm? And then we saw Officer Brian Sicknick alive and well when they told us he was dying. He had just been hit in the head with a fire extinguisher, according to the fake news at the time. But that's not true. Nothing about it's true. He wasn't hit in the head with a fire extinguisher. He wasn't incapacitated on January 6th. No, it's just not true. But they lied about it and lied about it and lied about it. He died of natural causes the next day. People died. I'm sorry. I am very sorry. Seemed like a great guy. But, um, you know, when I die or Congressman Joe Blow dies or uh, I'm sorry, they don't get to lie in state at the Capitol. Officer Sicknick, they put him in there lying in state. Big right there under the Capitol dome. You know who gets that honor? Let's go back and look. John F. Kennedy after his assassination. Totally appropriate, don't you think? General Douglas MacArthur, his body. Lied in state, laid in state, lied in state. Uh, Ronald Reagan. These are the kinds of people who get that honor. And it's great. I support law enforcement. Uh, but they did this for political reasons, to lie, to exaggerate, to make... Uh, to make it seem like deadly insurrection, right? They had that narrative. It was the story. They had to make MAGA look as bad and evil as possible and falsely accuse them of killing this guy. And they didn't. Ashley Babbitt was killed. Ashley Babbitt was killed by Lieutenant Michael Byrne. Nobody sees. Anyway, so Tucker comes out with this amazing information. And nothing changes. Uh, nothing changes. You know, the swamp, the establishment... The powers that be yelled and screamed. They just yelled and screamed. How dare you show this footage? They couldn't combat it with facts. They could not explain it. So they just shouted very loud and in a very threatening manner. Got to look at how Chuck Schumer was talking. I tell you, Rupert Murdoch, you take that guy off the air. You take Tucker Carlson off. Very threatening. Just like when he said, you will weep the whirlwind, Kavanaugh. You will. Remember that? He's threatening people. He's a thug. He's a thug. I cannot believe that this is America. So we all saw this. And now we're not even supposed to talk about it. We're supposed to pretend it never happened. Even Kevin McCarthy. I mean, you know what? I've seen some good things. But I also fully am aware why his critics were sitting on their hands for uh, five days, whatever it was, to take to make that guy the speaker. Remember that? He's just, I don't think he stands for anything. I think he's just a, you know, he's just a guy, you know, like one of those guys in school who was running for class president in seventh grade. Who would want to do that job? Just somebody who, like, likes the game of politics, that kind of thing. Anyway, it's gone. It's almost like it never happened. 
this January and the, the January six only comes up when Democrats want to use it uh, for their benefit when they want to uh, and they have to lie every step of the way. It's kind of amazing. And uh, the other thing that is just make, makes me feel like I'm hallucinating uh, this fixation on children and getting them to change their gender. This is sick, evil stuff. It is sick and it is evil. It's amazing. And you know what? When people talk about the LGBTQ community, you got to remember this, folks. And I laid this out on the show last night. And you wonder, people people know this, but the way they're portrayed, like the LGBTQ community is some monolith and everybody thinks in the same way. There are so many T's in LGBTQ who don't want to have anything to do with children, who are horrified by the obsession with children. This does look to me like it's a big, great big grooming attempt that some sick people want to get close to kids. And interestingly, they're getting all kinds of cover from Joe Biden, who, hate to mention it, I mean, we've all seen it, yet <laughs> he touches kids inappropriately. We've all seen that. He touches, he touches. You can't say that. How dare you? He does it. He grabs children who are not his and touches them in inappropriate ways. He invades their personal space. He acknowledged that this was a problem at one point, and he still does it. Still touches people inappropriately. I think he's got a fetish. I think he's got a thing. He's got some problems, big problems. When he invites Dylan Mulvaney, the no talent transgender, uh, I don't know what the hell, character, just a character, the role model in all the worst ways. And by the way, I have some compassion for Dylan Mulvaney because all these things Dylan has done, Dylan was a boy became a girl as an adult. That's fine, Dylan, live your life. But in a moment of honesty, she said she wasn't a happy person and that she's been having a lot of problems because all this crap, all this exterior stuff, it's not getting at the root of the problem. I will say it again. Dylan, your solution is in God. God is waiting for you. Not the Drew Barrymore show. Did you see that? They were falling all over each other on the floor. It was inappropriate and weird. Dylan Mulvaney uh, is a, a brand new woman, right? Transgender woman and goes to the White House. to. In, she interviews Joe Biden. Uh, wh- 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 she doesn't sing. She doesn't dance. She's not a comedian. She's not an intellectual. She's not. I, 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 there's nothing. Why her to the what her transgender story? I is it all that interesting? You know, I'm sorry, but we were. I remember Renee Richards in like 1973. Renee Richards was formerly Richard somebody, a world champion tennis player who became a woman, and it was a bit of a oddity at the time. You know, it was a, wow. How about that? But nobody said she couldn't do it. Actually. I don't think there was much put. There was a kind of like wow. There was the wow factor. It's nineteen seventy whatever a sex change operation we used to call them. Becomes a woman. So what? I mean, okay. This is the problem we have. You're trying to come for our kids. That's a problem. It is a ma- and Dylan actually acknowledged it yesterday. Where is this Dylan Mulvaney? 
on the Drew Barrymore show. Listen closely. Everybody focused on when they were on the floor hugging and rolling around, which I noticed, and it was weird, and it is a spectacle, but it was just two people rolling around being stupid. And Drew Barrymore, by the way, being desperate. Drew Barrymore has talent. I remember her from uh, The Wedding Singer, one of the greatest movies of all time, actually. Fantastic. Now she's desperately trying to apologize for being a straight white woman and doing all the woke crap that you got to do for permission from the elites to stay in the game. You might as well give it up and come over to our side because they're going to cashier you pretty soon, I, I think. Cash her in. All right, here's Dylan Mulvaney talking about her target audience, and guess who that is? Now, Dylan Mulvaney is an adult, but she likes to communicate with children, also known as predatory behavior, actually, right? Right, right? Where's the catch-a-predator guy? Cut 22. Has that wisdom guided you in ways that you're glad you heard it, or you're still figuring that out? Still figuring it out, but I think back to my like childhood self, and I think about if I was following myself on TikTok as like a young kid, what would I want to hear? Or, you know, so much of my audience is a younger demographic and I sort of would love to show transness in a way that we haven't seen it before. So how about this? If I, Greg Kelly, had an account that primarily my audience was children and I talked about uh, sex and I talked about gender, that would be obviously inappropriate, right? But somehow with this individual, it's not inappropriate. It's beautiful. Not only is it beautiful, it's promoted at the presidential level. Something is rotten. I mean, thoroughly rotten. What the? It's just the more, you know, maybe it's because I'm a father now, or maybe because I then there's some insights and things that are coming together because I saw the trans issue as kind of a side issue. I did. I saw it as a filler on cable news. No, this is real. You know, and I'm so glad I've met some really great people over. You know, I met, uh, Caitlyn Jenner. I met Caitlyn in her previous life as Bruce. And I met Caitlyn as Caitlyn. You know, it's interesting, and I, I really actually enjoy both, but uh, Bruce happens to, <laughs> Caitlyn happens to be a great pilot, very skilled aviator, um, thousands upon thousands of hours in fixed wing and, and helicopters. And, and uh, when Bruce Jenner was on the show a million years ago on Good Day New York, he, he told me that. The hardest flying he ever did was remote control helicopter flying. And I'm like, really? That's so interesting. I just, and it always stayed with me. And I've been just, so anyway, uh, when I met Caitlin as Caitlin, Hey, are you the one who told me? He's like, yeah, I did actually. That is hard. I was just talking about that. And we had a great conversation about aviation, aviation. There are a million things to talk about, uh, with, and we have Christine from Connecticut, who's, uh, Who's hip to all this stuff? Christine made a decision as a 50 year old adult to uh, transition. And Christine is horrified by the obsession with children. Gays against groomers. One of the greatest accounts on the internet on Instagram. I think they got a Twitter. They're amazing people. Uh, they happen to be gay and they happen to like be consenting adults and they want to keep it that way between adults. Don't bring the kids into the picture. Don't talk to them about these things. It's for parents. Isn't that kind of just straightforward? I mean, it's not, it's not, it's not hard. Is it, Sandra? One more time. Hi, Sandra. Welcome back. Uh, you were saying. Well, I wanted to say what you're saying now. You know, these, um, books are in the libraries about kids, you know, with, uh, 
sex and um, like oral sex and and sexy selfies. They're in the libraries in Florida, and Ron DeSantis found them and banned them in those schools. So I would imagine these books are in all the schools, and these kids are going to start reading them, and then they're going to start getting ideas to do the other things. You know what we did? Does anybody remember looking for the topless girls in National Geographic? That's what we did. You had those in the library. That's about as risque as it got. Well, know what I mean, Sandra? Yeah, it starts in the libraries. That's all I'm saying. Does it really? I mean, look, there are all kinds of you know. There's library. I don't think those books should be in the kids' libraries. Absolutely not. But um, having spent time in high school, um, there wasn't all that much reading that took place in the high school library, right? It was kind of a hangout place. It was kind of a study center. It wasn't, uh, we never had debates about what books they had or didn't have, uh, but these ba- these books don't belong there, and you're right. Uh, received a lot of attention. You know who, you know who's down with all this trans crap? Phil Murphy. Phil, you're all white supremacists, not me, Murphy. Uh, that guy, who's arrogant and stupid enough to think that he could be president of the United States. Uh, he's making sounds. He wants to take Biden's place. Um, Anybody, but not him. All right. Uh, thank you, Sandra. I'll be right back. Traffic jams, tailgating, pileups. Ugh, the joys of driving. How could it get worse? The federal government wants to have a say in what you drive. That's right. The Biden administration's EPA is pushing mandates that would ban two out of every three vehicles on the road today. Don't let Washington become your backseat driver. Protect the freedom of driving your way. Visit energycitizens.org. Paid for by the American Petroleum Institute. Greg Kelly Kelly. on the Red Apple Podcast Network. Can you name this tune? from a movie. It's The Godfather, of course. And 51 years ago today, The Godfather premiered in movie theaters. Uh, what is it? March 15th, 1972. 51 years ago. 51 years ago. I'm trying to remember. What was the 50th anniversary? Did we do anything big on the 50th anniversary? There might have been. Um, I love the movie. And it's unfortunate that we don't have movies like that anymore. One of the reasons why we don't have movies like that anymore, not because they're not as good, not as, not because they're not as well made, it's how we watch movies. Everybody saw The Godfather. Everybody saw this movie. And it was reinforced when it was on television. That's the first place I saw it on television, on network TV. Remember? Tonight, The Godfather, a special television event. With minimal commercial interruption. And everybody stopped and watched it. It was like the Super Bowl. So these movies made like kind of outsized impressions. Anyway, great movie. Hey, if you want to, if you really like The Godfather, and I do, you may want to go to, uh, YouTube and Google two things. Greg Kelly, Godfather. I, a couple of years ago, I did a series on just all the sites around New York where The Godfather was filmed. I found the Godfather house on Staten Island. Uh, it was at the time owned by the great Norton family, who they manufacture spackle. 
of all things. Great people. Um, they were there in 1970 when the filmmakers came. And anyway, the house was very much the same. And they showed me the, the, the wall. You know, the wall that was around the place? That's all fake. It's all plastic. And they had chunks of it. And they had all these really cool souvenirs and pictures. They had the cue cards that, uh, what's his name? Marlon Brando had to use. He couldn't memorize his lines, so he had to read from cue cards. And it's that scene that was filmed right there. Remember in the backyard of the tomato patch? I never wanted this for you. I always wanted something better. Senator Corleone, Governor Corleone. Uh. Have some more wine, Pop. It's good for you. Anyway, um, that's all in the back. That's all on a, a cue card. I like this chalkboard that they had. And then I went, I, oh, this is cool. I found the room where they had the meetings of the families, the five families. Remember that meeting? I found the actual office building where that is. It's the Helmsley building on Park Avenue, and it's the same room. It was updated. Anyway, Greg Kelly, Godfather, if you go to uh, Google, YouTube, whatever, it'll it'll take you there. And I did like five different pieces on this. It's pretty cool. I'm very proud of them. My wife, my wife actually says it's my finest work. All right. Uh, thank you. Greg Kelly, entertaining and informative on the Red Apple Podcast Network. Millie and Austin at the Pentagon right now. Uh, pump up the volume. Um, thanks, Dan. I, I would, uh, in terms of the importance of, uh, of Ukraine, first of all, we've, we've seen bipartisan support for the for. Providing security assistance. No, to Ukraine brother. All right. Blah 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 blah. blah. Point. Uh, <laughs> I expect that we'll continue to see that going forward. We've heard some senior leaders on both sides of the fence uh, uh, say that, and so I expect that that'll we'll continue to enjoy that support. But you know, Dan, Uh-oh. Ukraine matters. It matters not to just yeah Ukraine or to the United States. It matters to the world. All right. This is about the rules-based international order. It's about uh, one country's ability to uh, to wake up one day and change the borders of its neighbor and annex uh, its neighbor's uh, sovereign territory. I don't like it, but it happens. And as we've seen, countries around the world uh, don't think that's a good idea. And that's why you've, you've seen 50 countries not only come to the, you know, the initial meetings of the Ukraine Defense Contact Group, but they continue to come back and they continue to work hard to ensure that Ukraine gets everything that it needs to yeah, be they, we're, successful. We're paying 95% of the bills. 95% of the bills. So, Dan, on the uh, recovery piece, we know where it landed in the Black Sea. It's probably about maybe four or 5,000 feet of water. Or something oh, yeah, like the so Russians took down our, uh, our, our UAV, our drone. Uh, that's the first point. Secondly is uh, true, we don't have any ships there, but we do have a lot of allies and friends in the area. Notice how so everybody's we'll screwing around with America these days? Uh, and and we'll, we'll leave it at that at this point, but... Uh, uh, it probably broke up. Uh, there's probably not a lot to recover, frankly. Uh, as far as uh, the loss of anything of sensitive uh, intelligence, etc., uh, as normal, we would take, uh, and we did, take uh, mitigating measures. Mitigating uh, so measures. We are quite confident that whatever uh, whatever was of value. Mitigating no measures. Our next question will go to Ellie Watson, CBS. So formal. Thanks for doing this. Secretary Austin. Thank you. Um, Thank you. General Milley mentioned the you work video. For us. We've heard reports there are you're working to declassify video of the incident. What does that video show, and when will that video be released? 
Why All right. Been Look, that? bigger, bigger oh, issues yeah. here. Uh, thank you. Um, <laughs> Russia just uh, sent a jet into a American UAV and knocked it out of the sky. It looks like it probably was on purpose. Now, would they be doing this with Trump in office? Now, you say, oh, that's that's uh, uh, that, that has nothing to do with presidents. Presidents. No, it, it has a lot to do with the president. It has a lot to do with the president. Would the balloon have flown over America? If Donald Trump were president, we have a compromised president in Joe Biden. All right. He's compromised in all of the of the hot zones. All of them, actually, um, including the Middle East. So China, all kinds of business entanglements in China, uh, all kinds of business entanglements in Ukraine, all kinds of business entanglements in Russia. Yes, the wife of the former mayor. Three and a half million dollars transferred. Yes, you can look it up. It happened. It happened. And and the fake news says, oh, transferred, by the way, to Hunter Biden. But this is not a story somehow, right? This is not something we should we should worry ourselves about. Uh, or it's a conspiracy theory or it's this or it's that. Hey, um, there are people out there. I re- there are people I respect who are really all for sending munitions and supplies to Ukraine to help the Ukrainians. All right. There are some people out there who I also respect who are like enough already. All right. This is too much. This is too much. I saw this guy named Mark Esper. Now, who the hell is Mark Esper? It's not exactly a household name. Believe it or not, for a time, he was the acting secretary of defense right up until he was appropriately fired by President Trump. Uh, anyway, he's like a happy-go-lucky guy. Um, he undermined Trump in every way. And he's a product of the swamp. He worked in think tanks. He worked for defense contractors. He was a lobbyist. He worked on Capitol Hill. He had all those types of jobs, including selling Tomahawk missiles for the Raytheon company. Major defense contractor. Hey, we need defense contractors. I like Tomahawk missiles when they're aimed at the right people. But um, there was something unseemly about what happened on Fox News yesterday. Uh, Dana Perino is very nice and skilled, but uh, she's about to introduce the she's introducing Mark Esper, the secretary of defense, former. And uh, well, listen to how it all goes down. You ready for this? Cut 32, please. Cut 32. And Biden yesterday standing shoulder to shoulder with leaders of the United Kingdom and Australia in San Diego yesterday. He announced a landmark nuclear submarine deal aimed at countering China's growing military power. And joining us now is former Defense Secretary Mark Esper. Uh, let me just show you a couple of the stats. This is called for number one. This is stats on the Virginia-class nuclear submarine. Crew 132. Then you got Tomahawk missiles and four torpedo tubes, and it, go, it can go 25 knots. For somebody like me, I can I kind of understand that. Why should Americans know that this is a good deal and good for our national security? Well, it is a good deal, Dana. And he goes into why it's such a good deal. The one thing stood out to me, she specifically mentioned the Tomahawk missile. You heard that, right? And this guy, they don't say it, was a Tomahawk missile salesman. Isn't that kind of interesting? Secretary of Defense, they introduce him as the former Secretary of Defense. But they don't mention his ties to the, uh, well, arms trade. I think it's relevant. And again, I love Tomahawk missiles. And I'm not very, uh, I don't like China. And I want to have a robust defense. 
Um, but I don't like wars that go on forever. I also don't like all the wars that America has entered and lost. You know, we can't win our own wars. What the hell are we doing freaking around in Ukraine? Oh, yeah, that's right. We can't win our own wars. Iraq, Afghanistan, anybody? We blew those. We're not good at this stuff. We got a great military. A military should be used for deterrence. Deterrence. And listen to this part. They ask him about Ukraine and, uh, I guess the, what everybody's asking any political figure about is DeSantis basically said, you know, what should we do in Ukraine? And DeSantis basically said, you know what? I want peace. And they're trying to treat that as if it was some sort of a gaffe because the guy's talking about peace. You know, who else is talking about peace? Trump. <laughs> Why? Where the hell is the peace table? You know, all during Vietnam, they were always talking about Paris because that's where the peace table was. Negotiators, even when they were fighting each other, they had negotiators in Paris. Uh, where the hell's that table? <laughs> I know, there are plenty of tables. You just got to pick one, pick a town, and start talking. But nobody's applying that kind of pressure here, especially Mark. Listen to this, uh, cut 33. I think it's uh, I think it's the right approach to defend democracy in around, around the world and to support our friends and allies. And uh, it also sends a critical message to China. And so in other ways, it helps in, with regard to our longer term struggle against the Chinese Communist Party. Nah, no, it doesn't. You know, the thing about supporting democracy, supporting democracy, supporting democracy, they try to pretend that that was some sort of doctrine, George W. Bush. No, it was spin for getting into wars you couldn't win and that we were going to stand up for democracy all over the world. Um, you know, democracy isn't exactly a fit for every country in the world. It's just not, okay? And it's not our job to make it fit. And for a while, that sounded very much like the Bush doctrine, supporting democracy. And I'll, uh, here's an example, Afghanistan. We can't make that, we can't make that a democracy, okay? <laughs> we, we, and we, we, we pathetically tried. It was doomed from the start. We should have gone in, not on October 20th, but on September 11th. That night, that very night, we could have been bombing the hell out of Taliban and Al-Qaeda targets in Afghanistan. But for some reason, we waited for six weeks. Six weeks. We gave bin Laden a six-week head start. That's why it took us 10 years to find the guy. So I just felt like I was hearing a lot of the, uh, that was the swamp. That's the swamp right there, right? This guy's pretty, uh, and, and no disclosure, right? He's just, he's, he's in the, now he's a welcome member that he, he got to write a book. He wrote a book. That book was on 60 minutes. They put him on the 60 minutes show to promote the book. And why? Cause he bad mouthed Trump, but it's not enough to bad mouth Trump after you leave office. The reason why Esper is a member of the swamp in such good standing is that he trashed the guy while he was working for him. That's what took Mark Esper to the next level. Or to the, you work for Trump, but that's okay, we still like you category. And here's one of those moments. Do you remember, uh, well, here he is. He's the acting secretary of defense. And he comes out. This is during George Floyd and Black Lives Matter, all that stuff. After George, uh, after Donald Trump went to the uh, uh, church and held up the Bible, which they said was the worst thing that ever happened. I don't understand why. I thought it was kind of beautiful. 
law and order, faith will prevail, peace and justice. You can't burn down churches. This is our book. I loved it. But the swamp said that that was a horrible moment. So Mark Esper, whose boss is Donald Trump, comes out and listen to the tonality here. He gives a press conference like he was just indicted. Now, the president doesn't have a problem with what he did. I I don't think most American people had a problem, but the swamp did. And the swamp at this point was committed to getting Trump out. Anything it took. The people were just a bunch of chumps. Cut 34, please. Mark Esper in June of 2020 speaking from the Pentagon uh, podium. Cut 34. I want to state very clearly for all to hear my account of what happened that Monday afternoon. I did know that following the president's remarks on Monday evening, that many of us were going to join President Trump and review the damage in Lafayette Park and at St. John's Episcopal Church. What I was not aware of was exactly where we were going when we, when we arrived at the church and what the plans were once we got there. See, I didn't know. I didn't know. I was just there. I, I, I didn't know. I didn't know. Don't blame me. I didn't know. And then he says all the right things about George Floyd and systemic racism and all the kinds of things that a secretary of defense has no business speaking about. That's when you could have been talking about the Tomahawk uh, missiles there, pal. All right. Then he brags. He's always bragging about how I took an oath to uphold the Constitution. I took an oath. Yeah. All right. Well, let's look at that oath. Let's look at the Constitution. Doesn't say anything about an unelected secretary of defense thwarting or undermining elected presidents. It doesn't. But that's what it sounds like he and Millie did. He's bragging about it on 60 Minutes. Cut 35. Spur and chairman of the Joint Chiefs of Staff, General Mark Milley, ran the Army for over a year before finding themselves in charge at the Pentagon. In order to deal with what he calls some of the crazy ideas coming from the White House, Esper and Milley came up with a system. I come up with this idea, actually, Mark Milley and I discuss it, what we call the four no's. The four things we had to prevent from happening between then and the election. And one was no strategic retreats, no unnecessary wars, no politicization of the military, and no misuse of the military. And so as we went through the next five to six months, that became the metric by which we would measure things. You know, at one glance, you could say, okay, that sounds okay. Yeah, I mean, but it's not his business. It's not his call. You're going to, st- speaking of unnecessary wars, huh? Where the hell were you when uh, we invaded Iraq? Were you a voice for, uh, against that? Hmm? How about Ukraine? Seems optional to me. Is it really necessary? I don't know. But it sounds like, and if you watch the whole interview, this guy is in charge. This guy is preventing Donald Trump and all these weird things from happening, like potentially bombing Venezuela, going after the cartels and stuff like that. I don't think that's unreasonable. And it's just ironic because here we are in this quagmire in Ukraine, all that American money over there, munitions, arms, and he's here bragging about unnecessary. Donald Trump did not start any war. Not one. (laughs) Not one. How about that swamp, huh? It's an ugly, ugly place. Ooh, it's a little bit early, but Barbara joins us once again. Hello, Barbara. 
Hi. How are you, Greg? So did you hear I was quoting? I felt like quite the scholar. I was quoting Adams. I was quoting Jefferson. And I did it all by myself. (laughs) Good for you. You're magnificent. That, That was great. That was one of the reasons I had to call. And I just wanted to add one quote to that. The British appointed governor of Pennsylvania advised the British Parliament when they decided to enslave the American people. His advice to them was to disarm the people. He said to disarm the people is the most effectual way to enslave them. All right. Now, let me get this down. The British appointed governor of Pennsylvania. Do do we have a name on this guy? Sir William Keith. Sir William Keith. Keith. And he was like Keith Hernandez. Yeah, right, right. Okay. George Mason talked about this. One of our founders, George Mason. I'm familiar with George uh, Mason. Oh, you are? <laughs> yes. Right, keep going. Go on, sorry. Okay. Okay. So anyway, I thought that was entirely appropriate and just a little um, exclamation point on the wonderful quotes that you chose. And so often... You know, I see things, and that's why I call in. That's what started me calling into your show, because you so closely align so many of the issues you present and the way you present them with exactly what the founders had to say. You have a real uh, talent for that. Well, uh, I mean, listen, you, though, the intellect, the, the, the what you've read, what you recall, it's so interesting. I really should make you a producer, give you production credit. Uh, I love this, what you just told me about uh, Sir William Keith, uh, and it's it's so rich. Uh, how are you otherwise? I am fine. I'm fine. I'm sitting writing and, you know, just doing the things I always do, mainly focused on religious freedom and what can be done to educate people about the importance of their rights of conscience to the liberties of our nation. And in doing that, Often, I and my fellow volunteers, we have trouble getting people's attention because they say, well, what's the problem with religious freedom? I can go to church on Sunday. What's the problem? So we have to first get their attention in order for them to listen to the facts and listen to what's happening to their religious freedom. And I look at Benjamin Franklin. Here's a quote for you from Benjamin Franklin, because This certainly applies to your work, and you do it. Benjamin Franklin said, if you would persuade, you must appeal to interest rather than intellect. And we have found that in talking about religious freedom, Mm. that people don't recognize that they have something to lose here, so they don't pay attention. Listen, it's so amazing. And by the way, I got the website right in front of me. Uh, let's see here. I want to make sure I get it. Americans for freedom of religion, correct? Americans for freedom of religion. You can put that in. Remember the phrase Americans for freedom of religion. I think that's the best way to do it. Or you can put it a F F O R dot org. And all the stuff is there. It's a great, great resource. And it's very, very important. Barbara, Barbara from Huntington. We appreciate it so much. Thank you again. And we'll be right back. Greg Kelly Kelly. on the Red Apple Podcast Network. You know, from time to time I see this. People try to give me a hard time that I'm being anti-military by attacking the Secretary of Defense or or Lieutenant Colonel Vindman or General Milley. 
absolutely not. You know, I go into great detail actually about this very thing. You know, there's not one institution in the world that isn't susceptible at times to, uh, well, incompetence, corruption, you name it. Uh, we do support those in uniform, and those in uniform tend to be a cut above, but uh, not always, and I speak from experience. You know, it's in my book, again, Justice for All, How the Left is Wrong About Law Enforcement, and this is <laughs> this is kind of uh, interesting. I put it all out there. I remember in the Marine Corps people who went to jail for underage sex. I remember people who went to jail for reckless flying. I remember people who went to jail for espionage, and these are Marines. <laughs> I mean, these are... Right. The best of the best. It happens. Maybe 10 percent of the regular populations a bit screwed up. Maybe it's a little bit lower, 5 percent. But it's still there. It's still there. Even uh, whether it's uh, the Vatican or uh, the Coast Guard. I'm telling you. All right. I got to go in a moment. Uh, George in Manhattan. Yes. Very quickly. Hi. Uh, listen, we're uh, worried about the billions of dollars going there wastefully, you know, and it's not going to be of any use in the end. Uh, uh, it's not going to help uh, Ukraine. Uh, Russia is not going to lose the war. But talk about the end, uh, the ending of all this. Wait, Russia is of... no, not going to lose, you say? Uh, pardon? You said Russia is not going to lose? Right. Well, that... I don't know. I don't know. George, listen, uh, thank you. Next time, uh, call a little bit earlier. Uh, Ed in Suffolk, yes. Greg, I watched the House Committee on the Border. And? You got to Audrey Taylor Green on there. It's disgusting. No Democrats showed up for the meeting. Well, it's in Texas. They, it was in Texas. Yes, it was in Texas. And they interviewed people on the upper part, the head of all the border guards, and he didn't want to lose his job. So he had no yes and no answers. Like the New Yorkers, he wants to, he wants to keep his $200,000 a year job. Thanks for telling me. I'll check it out tonight, and I'll see you on Newsmax tonight at 10.